This is the Adam Crowley Show. To pick against the Steelers is a sin. It's a sin that's written in the Bible. Don't you understand? On ESPN Pittsburgh (laughs) and the iHeartRadio app. I'm thinking of a song. Not to go all stan on you here, Tom, but what's a song that makes you feel like a creature's on the prowl? Hmm. It's a tough question. I, I think I might have something here for you. Let's, uh, hold on one second. Yeah, just take your time. Is this like, is this something that you might be looking for? Or? Oh yeah! This is it? It's what I'm looking oh, for! Oh yeah! The Masters are on, baby! Although, before they were on CBS.com. They are on Real Network Television now. And Tiger Woods, despite his struggles, only one over par. He might be a D-bag. He may have cheated on his wife. He might have had six back surgeries. He might be addicted to pills. But that some bitch needs to win in Augusta this week. Have you seen his nipples through his shirt? He's excited. His nipples be mimicking my nipples. The only person who's more excited than Tiger is about being back is me. I'm fired up about Tiger being back. Sure, his first tee shot. Would not great. Sure, he wound up in the drink once. But he's only one over. I'm telling you, he'll be there on Sunday. That polo will be red. Just like his eyes. After the bender from the night before. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Check out the cheese tease there. We always tell you what's coming up on the show. Braden responds to that tweet saying, How many people did you piss off so far with the megaphone? Here's the answer. Everyone. And we ain't stopping, baby. We want everyone in this town to know we're coming for them. You might even think that we like you. We don't. I like a handful of people in this world. Brian, Tom, my wife. My wife. And KDO. Everyone else, your chess pieces. At 5 o'clock, 57 minutes from now, we will do a segment the way they do the segments on that station across the street. 420, my man Josh gets off. We got Tim Benz at 620. We got John Parado at 520. I'm amped. Your buckos, by the way, no longer undefeated. Yvonne Nova sucked last night. Although he was efficient, and I like that. 
If you're going to suck, do so economically. Don't throw a lot of pitches to suck. He did not do that. But there is a trend developing with these Pittsburgh Pirates, and that's they get to that bullpen way quickly. They get to the bullpen faster than John Daly gets to Jack Daniels. Sorry, I got golf on the brain. Speaking of golf, we've got an update for you from the Masters. We'll start things off today. Tiger Woods making an appearance at Augusta National for the first time in what seems like forever. He's been stalking the grounds like a mad cheetah today, plus one on the round. There's a menage a trois at the top of the leaderboard with Hendrick Stetson, Chaz Hoffman, and Adam Hadwin at four under. They're through 17 each. Bottom nine, the Mets lead the Nationals 8-2, to two, runner on second for the Nats there. And finally, we got Patrick Reed tied for fourth at three under. Back to you, Adam. It is not Stanley Cup or bust for the Penguins this year. You look around the National Hockey League, and there's really no flag-bearing franchise except your Pittsburgh Penguins. The Blackhawks, they thought they were there. But they're not, because they're missing the playoffs this year. The Penguins, in Sidney Crosby's tenure, have never missed the playoffs since his rookie year. Since Evgeny Malkin's been on board, they have not missed the playoffs. The Penguins are the gold standard in the National Hockey League right now, and that means if they don't win the Stanley Cup, you're just going to have to deal with it. Because not winning this year does not change that. Over the last 12 years, since Sidney Crosby, the kid as they call him, has been maturing, they've gone to five conference championships. They've won four conference championships. They've won the Stanley Cup three times. As much as y'all love Mario Lemieux, and you think he's the greatest player in franchise history, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin's Penguins have won more. They've won three cups to Lemieux's Two. They went to four. Lemieux went to two. This is the gold standard of Penguin hockey. Rob Rossi wrote about that today in the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. I love Rossi. We've been having some disagreements on whether this Penguins team can win the Cup or not. He does not think that they will. He does not think that they can. And he's telling you that if they don't, be okay with it. I'll agree with him on that. If the Penguins don't win the Stanley Cup this year, that's okay. They're not supposed to. Sure, they've got a lot of talent, but teams do not three-peat. It very rarely happens in any sport, let alone hockey. The last time it happened was with the Islanders going back to the 1980s. If you win two cups in a row, we've seen the teams the following year win a combined 17 series. It's not a lot. The Penguins haven't missed the playoffs under Sidney Crosby. They haven't lost a series under Mike Sullivan. And when they do, if they do this year, just take it. Accept it. It's okay. Because next year they'll have a shot. And for as long as Crosby and Malkin are playing up to the potential that we've seen them play at the last 12 years, they'll have a shot every single year. 412 Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Ian Cole 
will be on the ice tonight against your Pittsburgh Penguins. Derek Broussard will not. Broussard's still nursing a lower body injury. He's listed his day today. I expect him back for game one of the playoffs, but he hasn't skated yet. That's besides the point. We will see Ian Cole. And all y'all got your panties in a tizzy about losing that guy. Ian Cole went from a third-pair defenseman with the Penguins to one of the best defensemen of all time with the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's according to the interwebs. Ian Cole wasn't just shuffled from line to line with Pittsburgh. He was shuffled from ice to press box. Ian Cole was a good player. He's also not the reason the Jackets have won 13 of 15 games since his arrival. It was happenstance. Just like it's not Broussard's fault that the Penguins have fallen on some hard times. We like doing that as sports fans, though, right? Who among us hasn't switched seats after the opposing team scores a goal or a touchdown when you're watching the game? Hell, during West Virginia's Sweet 16 matchup with Villanova, my brother-in-law asked to come over. I said, F you, dude. West Virginia was up six with 11 minutes to go. I said, get the hell out of here. You're not messing with that luck. True story. I'm a douche. If the Steelers lose, my mom will say it's because she wasn't wearing her Steelers earrings. Right? Wrong. Just because Ian Cole got there when the Jackets started playing better does not mean that he was the sole reason the Jackets started playing better. You might think the Pirates play better when you're in their, your lucky seat, but it's just your imagination. Now, Ian Cole's played well with Columbus. He's contributed to the winning, but this was a team that underachieved all season long. The law of averages tells us that they were bound to turn this thing around. Not only do fans seem to believe in the butterfly effect, but they do like to make mountains out of molehills. Before James Harrison was cut loose this year, Steelers fans weren't loudly clamoring for him to play. They couldn't have cared less about the guy. T.J. Watt was playing well, and fans did not want to see Bud Dupree get Jarvis Jones. But the second the Patriots picked him up, everyone started losing their minds. He went from being an afterthought to being the James Harrison from Super Bowl forty-three faster than you can say steroids. Neil Walker went from being an above-average second baseman with a back as bad as Tiger Woods to Ralph Kiner in the span of two days. Ian Cole's a bottom-pair defenseman. The Penguins can win without him. The Penguins can lose without him. But he won't be the reason they don't hoist the cup. In the playoffs, a bottom pair defenseman just isn't going to play all that much. Chicago's won the cup three times by basically playing four defensemen. The Predators played four guys last year. The Penguins will have Latang on the ice for 30 minutes a game. That was going to be the case no matter who was on the team. And need I remind you that the Penguins replaced Chris Latang's minutes with Ron Hainsey in the last year's playoffs, and they still won the Stanley Cup. If you can replace your biggest minutes eater with a dude who should be playing bottom pair minutes, then you can live without the bottom pair dude. In FYI, Derek Broussard averages .7 points per game in the playoffs. He's a proven guy. He's a 20-goal scorer and a hell of a third-line center. The Penguins have used that model to win for the last decade plus. It's won them the cup three times. If they win it this year, then I would be willing to bet my house that it's because Broussard has had a meaningful impact. The HPK line won the Penguins the Cup in 2016. And with all due respect to Riley Shane, he wasn't going to be able to anchor a line with Kessel on it. Not for the long haul. Broussard had six points, or pardon me, he had 
points in six straight games prior to his injury, he was and is able to anchor that line. If the Penguins win it, he'll have had a lot to do with it. If they lose, it's not going to be because they don't have their fifth defenseman. Josh Getzoff going to join us in eight minutes here on the show. Got these two tweets during my opening monologue. I love the way these things go. Chad tweets, I thought some of the guys on the fam were bad until I just listened to Adam Crowley for the first time. Hot garbage. I guess they really will give anyone their own show these days. Andrew says, about to kick off a three-day weekend. Driving home and listening to the best show on air. F yeah, Crowman. That's sports radio. Half the people are going to like you. Half people aren't. Because it's like politics. You either want your sports spoon-fed to you, like you're reading from the gosh-darn newspaper, or you want the silliness. We provide the silliness. We provide the entertainment. We are not going to just sit here and give you the vegetables every single day. We're not going to talk about XFIP and FORP and all that nonsense. Sure, there's a place for that in baseball, but there ain't a place for that on this show. Intelligence comes in a lot of different boxes. Some, they go to Ivy League schools. Others, they go to Dub V. We have fun. And having fun and being entertaining leads to ratings. And since we're up 700% in that regard, I'll say that fun is smart. Eat me. Up next, Josh gets off from the Penguins Radio Network. It's a Crowley show. Americans are always on the move. They're in the car or at the office or working around the house. Americans refuse to sit still. So how do you connect with all those moving targets? Easy with radio. Radio reaches 93% of Americans every week. More than Google, Facebook, and even television. Because, hey, it's time to sit around and watch TV. So when you want to connect with all those constantly moving adults, teens, and millennials, get to iHeartMedia.com and put AMFM Radio to work for your company. This guy's a data analyst at MSA. Sounds like his job is boring and his life sucks. I work for three hours every day, and I go home to my hot-ass wife. Chad tweets, I thought some of the guys on the fan were bad until I just listened to Adam Crowley for the first time. Hot garbage. I guess they really will give anyone their own show these days. Hey, Chad, what do you do, man? They did give it to me. My uncle runs the company. What? Yeah. I earned this, bitch. I earned the right to call you a bitch. Anybody named Chad's a douchebag, by the way. Automatically. Automatically. Let's go to Ed in Phoenix before we hear from Josh Getzoff in a few moments. What's up, Ed? Hey, Adam. So, um, I'm firmly in the uh, Tiger Woods as a not story, as you know. Um, He's had six back (laughs) surgeries. He's had 55 lovers. He's gotten arrested. Dude, I thought he was more likely to die than ever win a major again. What are you talking about non-story? I mean, the guy, anyone who knows golf knows that he's an entire club short in his bag every time he walks out there. He cannot hit a driver 
with any consistency or confidence. You are correct and about that, Ed, yes. Fun. Pretty good for him to win a bunch of majors without being able to hit a driver, though, right? Yeah, well, he could before. Now he clearly can't. Every time he has to, when he needs to, he chokes just like Ed Hill last week. I mean, it's a, a lot of people have choked around Tiger Woods. I don't know if they've choked. I don't know if he's choked. Also, Tiger's got a club that he keeps in his pants. Josh Getzoff joins us now on the show. What's up, Josh? Sorry to lead into you with that. That's all right. I, I uh, don't know if I've had anything as interesting as that as a lead-in, but I'll take it, especially with you, Adam. It's an honor. Yes, my man, Josh Getzoff, joining us here on the show, of course, from the Penguins Radio Network. Are you calling the game tonight, Josh? I am. I am calling it. Just got here to the Nationwide Arena, getting ready for the game. Well, we certainly appreciate you making the time, and it should be a tremendous environment tonight. Uh, I sense the Penguins feel like this is kind of going to be a playoff primer. Is that the sense you get from talking to the guys? Yeah, they. I think they definitely understand what's at stake here as far as the opportunity. If things kind of go their way uh, with New Jersey losing in any fashion tonight, the Penguins, with a win here, can clinch home ice in the first round. And that's not lost on them, especially when I'm sure you've talked about it. I know a lot of people have when you see the disparity between records for them at home and away. And uh, obviously, anytime you come into Pittsburgh or in, uh, Columbus, I should say, anytime Pittsburgh comes into Columbus, it's always a big game. You always have a lot of black and gold in the stands. Uh, and the energy is usually off the charge. I mean, this building last year I thought was the, the loudest building, save Nashville, that the Penguins have played in in the playoffs for the last two years uh, with all the buildings they've gone into and the teams they've faced. This is a, a great environment. The fans really get into it. And obviously with the cannon, which uh, can cause both heart attacks and death, <laughs> This, uh, if you're not ready for either, uh, when it explodes, when the Blue Jackets take the ice or score a goal, but it's you know it's a great atmosphere in here, and I think the the Penguins kind of enjoy those kind of environments, and they've obviously had success in them. Josh, how do you think the Penguins match up with Columbus? I think Columbus is a really good hockey team, but their center depth it screams to me that's a matchup problem. I think for them going against the Penguins. Yeah, that's definitely the first area that jumped out of you, Adam. I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, there aren't many teams really that can match up with the Penguins down the middle, but especially with the, some of the injuries the Blue Jackets have had uh, here down the stretch. I know that Nick Foligno's banged up their captain. He's not going to play tonight. He hasn't played for a while. Uh, not a center, but Josh Anderson's another forward who's been, uh, I think, missed 17 games with a lower body injury. He might come back tonight. But, yeah, you look at down the middle, that's definitely an area the Penguins have an advantage. I also think despite the fact that the reigning Vesna Trophy winner is in the Columbus net, that's the advantage for the Penguins as well because Sergei Bobrovsky has been uh, nothing to write home about head-to-head against the Penguins in important games. I mean, you can make the argument last year in the postseason that uh, he was the reason Columbus lost that series because they certainly didn't have the lack of the upper hand in play uh, from anyone who watched that series' perspective. They definitely uh, controlled the flow of it often, but the Penguins had some timely goals, and Marc-Andre Fleury just simply outplayed Sergei Bobrovsky. And when we were here a few weeks, uh, months ago when Penguins beat Columbus 5-2, to two, Tristan Jari outplayed Sergei Bobrovsky. So uh, it's been a constant theme with him to be somewhat of the weak link against the Penguins head-to-head. And uh, the expectation is he starts again tonight. I don't know why he wouldn't. The Blue Jackets haven't uh, clinched a spot yet in the playoffs, although they are just a point away from doing so. Uh, and I think that's probably the biggest area that you're zeroing in on, if it is the Penguins and the Blue Jackets, because Bob is the guy that I really believe holds the keys for the Blue Jackets. If they're going to put up – uh, 45 shots a game, and he's going to actually play to his capabilities as he has in the regular season when the script uh, flips to the postseason. 
they become a really tough opponent and a really dangerous team. And fortunately for the Penguins, he has not done that each of the two times he's played them in the playoffs. Josh Getzoff joining us here on the Crowley Show. You've traveled to a bunch of these road venues with the team, Josh. What's the problem on the road? The numbers indicate that maybe there's some bad luck there, but uh, the record, I don't think, lies at this point. The Penguins have not been good outside of PBG Paints Arena. No, they haven't. It's it's been you know it's been kind of puzzling because they've been so good at home, and that's what I think has been the the weird part about it. It'd be one thing if they were, you know, above five hundred at home, not great on the road, but hovering around five hundred. And you're like, okay, this is the same kind of team we're seeing. But they are so good at PBG Paints Arena; they're going to have a chance and probably will win their thirtieth game on home ice this season tomorrow night against Ottawa. And then you have a matchup here with Columbus, and and going back on the road where the Penguins, I think, are five or six games below 500. I mean, away from PBG Paints Arena, it's crazy. And to answer your question as to what's different, in talking to the players, the biggest thing that I hear from them is that their bounce back when they get down in games is not there on the road. And they can't really put a finger on it as to why it's not been there. But uh, when they face these teams and they get down a couple of goals, you know, at home there seems to always be that energy and that feeling in the building that they're not out of the game. But on the road, you kind of hold your breath a little bit because of how this team has played and fallen behind quite a bit. As you mentioned, sometimes it's bad luck, but I also believe that you make your own luck a lot sure. of times, especially in the National Hockey League. And the Penguins have uh, put themselves in holes time and time again. You think back to early in the season, there were some terrible losses they had. Uh, we won't recount the scores for you, but uh, some terrible losses they had away from Pittsburgh. And uh, I think that they've rectified the situation a little bit here down the stretch. They played a pretty strong road game in New Jersey in their last outing last week. And hopefully that's something to build off of here because you know Columbus is going to come flying out of the gates here tonight. You a believer in the ability to flip the switch? Because that's probably what the Penguins are going to need to do in order to repeat for the second time. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I, I think the Penguins have that ability to flip the switch, despite their never admitting it, that they can do that. Um, but they definitely understand the moment and the situation and are able to elevate their game as a result. But, you know, I would wonder how much that gets them a leg up around the other teams that are surrounding them in the standings right now. And that's not to take anything away from the Penguins. I just think the East is so close. Yeah, I think all the teams in the division are so tight as the points would uh, emphasize. I mean, you look at New Jersey, they've been kind of hovering around, and now all of a sudden Penguins lose tonight in regulation. If they win tonight, they jump the Penguins. Penguins are in a wild-card spot. Uh, so, I mean, this is a, there's, there's a lot of parity within the division, and I think the teams are way closer than anyone would have expected uh, coming down the stretch. I mean, it's nice to talk about it as a storyline throughout the season with how competitive the Metro is, but this literally is going to come down to the last game as far as how things are going to shake out uh, with the standings and who gets home ice and where the seedings are and whatnot. Uh, and then with that being said, I think that the Penguins had better figure out a way to put themselves in a position so that the switch is not needing to be flipped. Uh, coming into the postseason because I do think they have played better down the stretch. I know they've been kind of a seesaw act through March. Uh, they won two games in a row, I think, for the first time since the first week of March, just last week beating uh, Jersey and Montreal. But they are a uh, team I think has been lacking a lot of consistency, as we've seen in their game here over the last month. They came out in 2018 on fire. Last month or so has been uh, tough to watch as far as them kind of not bringing the same effort every night. And that's really... Uh, difficult for the coaching staff to comprehend, but you have to believe with the players they have in that room that they are going to be able to hit another level come the postseason when they understand what's at stake. And I think a lot of it's going to depend upon an opponent, and we'll see how it all shakes out for them. Josh Getzoff joining us here on the Crowley Show. 
Uh, Josh, do you have faith in Matt Murray? He has not played up to his capabilities all year, although obviously there have been extenuating circumstances. Do you think that he can flip the switch, so to speak, going into the playoffs? I think he can, but I think we're going to get the best answer to that question tonight, Adam, Adam. because this is going to be the real test for him. Uh, coming in here and facing a team in Columbus that is 13-1-1 uh, and in their last 15 games. They scored 65 goals in the month of March. I mean, they're, they're lighting up right now, and they're playing their best hockey of the season right now. And uh, they've elevated themselves, obviously, into a position tonight where they could potentially pass the Penguins if they win this game in regulation. So I think as far as Matt Murray is concerned, we're going to learn a lot about him in this game tonight. Now, with that being said, when the stage is shining the brightest, Matt Murray seems to step up. We all think back to last year. Uh, in the Stanley Cup final against Nashville. He had two pretty bad games in Nashville and then shut out the Predators in back-to-back contests to win the Cup. So I think he does rise to the occasion, and he is able to, quote-unquote, flip the switch when the moment is needed. But um, this is going to tell me, and I think a lot of people, a lot of, uh, about where he's at right now as far as his game with how he plays tonight against the Blue Jackets. We hearing anything on Broussard? Because Ian Cole's playing tonight, and he's the greatest defenseman of all time. I got to talk to Ian Cole today, and he wishes everyone back in Pittsburgh uh, well. He's he's, uh, he's very excited to face his former team today. They, they, you know, Blue Jackets don't do uh, morning skates anymore. John Tortorella has outlawed that. They're optional now. They're they're not necessary, as he would say. Um, so Ian Cole is still in the rhythm that he was in with the Penguins, so he and a handful of extras were out there skating this morning. Got to catch up with him, but obviously he's looking forward to this game. And to answer your question about Broussard, I don't think he's going to play before the end of the regular season. I just would be hard-pressed to believe that based on the fact that he hasn't skated since uh, the weekend, at least with the team, or, or I should say before the team skated in the uh, morning skate they had Saturday against Montreal. So, you know, he hasn't been on the ice for a handful of days. This is a back-to-back to end of the regular season. They got him for the postseason. As nice as it would be, I think, for him to face his former teammates in Ottawa, I'm sure he's more focused on the bigger task at hand. And Penguins are, too, because you're looking at a situation where, at the earliest, they're going to open up on Wednesday. So if you keep him off the ice, that's a week and a half, two weeks of yeah. uh, non-game action. And you hope for whatever he has right now that it's kind of healed up by then. Were you sensing that the guys in the locker room, coaching staff, were happy with what they had been getting from Broussard of late? I know he had the six-game point streak, but do they feel like he was grasping the system? Do they feel like he was fitting in with everybody? Yeah, I think they thought that he was coming along at the time of his injury and probably playing as well as he had all season, which I think was the unfortunate thing uh, that he went down. As you mentioned, it was a, I think, six-game point streak. He really seemed to start to find some chemistry with Phil Kessel, uh, and I think there was a lot to like as far as how he was playing at that point. But it's such a process, and you know, I, I try to put it in perspective Like when I think about it from the player's perspective. You come from Ottawa, first of all, which is just a bizarro system with Guy Boucher, uh, with the 1-3-1, and they have so much offensive firepower that's kind of held back and put in shackles uh, for how they're able to play their game. And then they're, then he gets to Pittsburgh, and he's unleashed, and he's expected to be the third-line center and you know jump in and play behind Crosby and Malkin. It sounds so easy on the surface, but learning a new system with you know, 16, 17 games to go, meeting new teammates and finding a new city, changing countries, all the stuff that comes with that. There's a lot more behind the scenes that I think people realize that are a part of the adjustment for Broussard. 
Uh, now, his benefit, of course, is that he's not unfamiliar with Pittsburgh. I mean, he played for the Rangers for a couple of years, the Blue Jackets before that, obviously faced the Pens in the Eastern Conference final last year. So it's not like it's a group of people in a city that he's never been to before. But um, as far as the, the on-ice stuff, I think the coaching staff thought he was going in the right direction. But with an injury and a lower body, which we're not really sure of the extent of, you hope that he doesn't lose too much of his timing with a guy like Kessel or, or some of his teammates, for that matter, uh, when he does eventually get back into the lineup. Last thing here for you, Josh. Uh, I'm going to bring this up in the next segment. But if you were, if it was like the NFL for the hockey, for the NFL Hall of Fame, would what would you say to sell Evgeny Malkin as the Hart Trophy recipient? He's NHL 101 copyright. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think Evgeny Malkin's uh, resume speaks for itself. It, it, you know, what is he? He's, he's got a Hart Trophy. He's got a Rocket Richard. He's got a Stanley Cup. He's got a, a Stanley Cup times three. He's got a Conn Smythe. Uh, he's, he's an Olympian. He's, he's done all this stuff in his career. He's led the league in scoring. Um, and, and obviously what he's been doing this year, putting himself pretty much into the MVP race until these last couple of games where I think he admittedly has slipped out a bit to guys like Nathan uh, McKinnon and Taylor Hall and that crew and Nikita Kucherov and Connor McDavid. But, I mean, he's been right up there for the last couple months. He's been unbelievable in 2018. I don't see a resume like that that's not in the Hall of Fame. I guess that would be the way that I would approach it if I was pitching it to the committee. You don't see a guy that has those kind of numbers that doesn't eventually have a plaque in Toronto when his career is over. So uh, I think Evgeny Malkin definitely fits the mold on that front, and hopefully the uh, Hall of Fame selection committee would give him a little bit more respect than the NHL 100 selection committee did last year. So I did a terrible job of asking that question. I meant to be asking you about the Hart Trophy, but you were on a roll, so I let you go anyhow. Hey, you know what? I, I try to keep it rolling for you. Yeah, you nailed it. Hey, I appreciate the time, man. You're a pleasure to listen to. Uh, have fun calling the game tonight. Thanks a lot, Adam. We'll talk to you soon. Be good. Josh Getzoff of the Penguins Radio Network. He's so good! Damn it! I'm supposed to be the talented young millennial. You know what's funny? He got the job. I came in second. I'm kind of glad that happened. Me too, because we're having fun and he's doing a kick-ass job. Yep, and you're doing a kick-ass job here. So everything 700%? works out. Yeah, everything works out. <laughs> it's all right, man. You can come in second. You got your own show, dude. You got your own show, dude. I guess fine, I can be. dude. You got your own show. Relax. I like the copyright thing, though. I might start just slapping copyright on everything. Also, Tom. You're so good with the butt bell now that you were doing it almost before he did it. It, it, it is. You can see him ready to go, like almost nodding his head yeah. ready for it. He, it's amazing. There was one time where Josh said butt at the same time that you hit the bell. You knew it was there. And here's the thing. I'm walking around all over town, and when people say butt, I'm hearing the bell in the back of my head. It's like ingrained in me now. Oh, you think you have a problem with that? Oh, I, I can imagine it's a, you it's do. It's a real curse right it's, now. It sure me. is, yeah. man. I mean... Wow. Coming up next, Evgeny Malkin should be in the heart conversation. <laughs> but for a lot of people, he's not. It's the Crowley Show. Boss, there's a photographer out here who wants to do a piece on Jimmy John's for her magazine. What kind of piece? Uh, well, she heard about a clothing optional delivery policy and... Uh... Uh, did you tell her the naked driver incident was a momentary misunderstanding? Yes, sir, but... Did you tell her it's our meats that are going all natural, not our drivers? Yes, sir, that's not... Did you tell her Jimmy John's is committed to serving sandwiches with only the finest all-natural ham, roast beef, salami, bacon, and real fresh turkey breast? Yes, sir, I did, sir. So she wants to photograph our sandwiches? No, sir. Actually, she wants to do a calendar. 
A what? A calendar. You know, the men of Jimmy John's. Dibs on January. I mean, Josh is really good at it, man. Don't feel bad that he beat you out. That's a talented guy that beat you out. And like I said, you get your own show. I mean, according to our our uh, guy who tweeted us, anybody gets their Sydney own show. Sidney Crosby shoots and <laughs> scores. I could do it. Ah, uh, gets off. Well. He's... We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers have officially signed two players, wide receiver Justin Hunter and running back Stephen Ridley to one-year contracts. Super Bowl! 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Getting Malkin, not getting love as it relates to the Hart Trophy. That's Bush League. I'm calling BS on that one. I realize he's not Sid. I realize he's not Ovechkin. But the dude is one of the best stars that we've seen in the National Hockey League over the last couple of decades. And he's got long freaking jeopardy. He's also having himself one hell of a damn season. That's right. Hell of a damn season. Evgeny Malkin right up there amongst the league leaders in scoring. He's fourth in the National Hockey League with 96 points. And yet, I feel like he's being written off. Connor McDavid's getting a lot of talk because he's got 103 points. And Nikita Kucherov's been the best player, I think, maybe all season long in a lot of people's view. Because he's been atop the leaderboard all season long in terms of the scoring leaders. Claude Giroux has kicked himself into the conversation. He's got 97 points, having the best year of his career. And everyone's favorite is Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall is the reason the Devils are making the playoffs because he's got 40 more points than the next closest guy on his team. And really, all the players that I've mentioned, and one guy that I didn't, Nathan McKinnon, all have, I think, a legitimate claim at the Hart Trophy. They've all done things that separate them. But if I were the guy campaigning for Evgeny Malkin, here's what I'd say. You think Taylor Hall's carried that team? Malkin's carried the Penguins. Where were they at the start of the new year? Answer, out of the playoffs. Why? They stunk. They hadn't hit their stride yet. They didn't really have an identity. And none of the star players were having star seasons enter Evgeny Malkin. Malkin called his shot. He said, oh, we're safe in the playoffs now. And then he went on a freaking tear. The Penguins shot back into the playoff race. Coincides perfectly with Evgeny Malkin's scoring streak. 96 points in 76 games for Malkin, but around the middle portion of the year, the guy was having a pedestrian Evgeny Malkin-type season. This guy's carried him. He's put this team on his back, and he's slowed down a little bit of late, but I think that tells you everything you need to know. Because as he's slowed down, the Penguins have slowed down. Here's why he won't win it. Phil Kessel has had the best season of his career. He's ninth in the league in points. Sidney Crosby is having a pedestrian year for him, but he's still 10th in the league in points. 
So you've got three Penguins in the top ten. And because of that, Evgeny Malkin's production is going to be diminished. It's going to be diminished in the view of the voters. Because they think that Crosby and Kessel have been carrying the Penguins just as much as Malkin. And really, that's not true. Kessel's been great all season long. Crosby's been up and down. Of late, Crosby's been great. But Malkin's the guy that took this team to another level. And when he was playing at his best, that's when this team got jettisoned into the playoff race. And don't think for a second that the Penguins would have definitely made the playoffs had he not hit that hot streak. There's no guarantee that the Penguins would have made the playoffs had he not played this way. If you look at the standings, Florida is playing pretty good hockey right now. And they're a long shot to make the playoffs. They've got 90 points. The Penguins have 96. That means the Penguins have won three more games. If you want to boil it down to that, then have the Florida Panthers. If Malkin doesn't go off like the Tasmanian effing devil, do the Penguins lose three games they would not have lost? And if that's the case, would they have made the playoffs? We can talk about the rise of the Pittsburgh Penguins and how Evgeny Malkin is the catapult, the driving force behind that. But if they didn't have him playing out of his damn mind, I don't know if they're a playoff caliber hockey club. They've been atrocious on the road. They're eight games under five hundred, if you count the losses in overtime, which I do because guess what? They lost those games. They don't hand out loser points in the playoffs. They're great at home, but the road woes could have kept them out, if not for Malkin. That dude has single-handedly put the Penguins in a position where they can now defend these back-to-back championships. Sure, he's had some help, but without him, they're not where they are right now. 412-922-2874. We'll start things off in the beautiful city of brotherly love. The Phillies are flying high over the fish. Three to nothing the score there. Top fifth in that ball game. Let's go down to Oakland now, where the Rangers are locking up the athletics like there's a warrant out for their arrest. Four to two lead there. And finally in San Diego, the Rockies and the Padres having a rocky start to this one. Zero zero score that one. Ed fourth inning. Back to you, Adam. It's time to get pucked up with some of the best damn hockey talk on the planet. You go to the box, you know, uh, you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. This is the five minute major with Adam Crowley. I don't think people understand how close the Penguins were to not making the playoffs. We take it for granted now, but they are up six points. That's three games on the team that's trying to claw their way into the playoffs. They're only two points up on the team that currently holds the eighth spot in the Eastern Conference. Evgeny Malkin's rise to prominence, Evgeny Malkin going on that freaking tear, is the reason that they're here right now. And if you're going to say Taylor Hall's the reason that New Jersey's there, I'm all about that. But Malkin, in the same vein, the reason the Penguins are where they are right now. There's not a doubt in my mind, and Malkin's put up better numbers this year than Hall. Hall's got 93 points, Malkin's got 96. 
Hall's played 75 games. Malkin's played an extra one. They've had similar seasons, but Malkin carried the Penguins just as much as Hall did for the Devils. Leafs at Devils tonight. Hurricanes at Flyers. The Penguins are second in the Metropolitan Division with 96 points. The Jackets are tied for second with 96 points. Of course, those two playing tonight. The Devils are in the first wild card spot with 95 points. The Flyers are in the second wild card spot with 94 points. So the Penguins could play Columbus, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Washington, Tampa, or Boston in the first round. How about that? That's insane. I'm rooting for the Flyers to win. I'm rooting for the Devils to lose. And I'm rooting for the Penguins to win the game tonight. Because the Penguins are 10-4-1 against Metropolitan teams that can make the playoffs. They're 3-6 and against Atlantic teams. So winning tonight for me, not so much about home ice. It's about avoiding the Atlantic. Washington, Columbus, Philly, and New Jersey are far better alternatives than playing Boston or Tampa right out of the gate. So as I said, tonight, you should root for the Penguins to beat Columbus, duh. The Leafs to beat the Devils. And the Flyers to win at home against those pesky Hurricanes. Good thing for the Penguins, they're not going to have to play the Hurricanes in the playoffs. I think I would pick the Penguins to beat Columbus, New Jersey, and Philly. But I would absolutely, without a doubt, feel most comfortable with the Penguins playing the Flyers. Matt Murray playing tonight for Pittsburgh. He's going to be between the pops. They need to see his best. As Getzoff said in the last segment, Bobrovsky has not played well historically against Pittsburgh. Columbus, they're throwing everything to the net right now. They've got a great forecheck. They're a bitch to play against. They're a hard-nosed team, and I think John Tortorella is a good hockey coach. But the Penguins should have the advantage in goal. While Bobrovsky was a Vezina finalist last year, he always poos down his leg, pees down his leg against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Tonight, you hope that the Penguins can rattle him, and tonight you hope that Matt Murray can stand tall. Murray needs to get on a roll going into the playoffs, the roll that he was on before he suffered the concussion, and he was 8-1-1 in his last 10 games. I think he just needs reps. Reps, 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 reps will get Matt Murray in a position to play good hockey in the postseason. As for Bobrovsky, if the Penguins could get four or five past them, I think that would only shake his confidence more. Imagine the confidence side of things here tonight. We know the Penguins own Washington in the playoffs. We know that every time they play, Washington thinks, we can get some confidence back. Nah, you can't. You can only buy that in the playoffs. But Bobrovsky, he's got to be thinking, if I shut the door against these guys, I can prove to myself that I can do it. Not to mention... The Jackets have won 13 out of 15. If the Penguins can go into their barn and beat those Jackals, the Penguins will have thwarted their momentum, and they got to think, we've been so hot, we've won so many games, and again, it's Pittsburgh that kills us. I think a lot's on the line tonight in terms of seating. I think a lot's on the line tonight in terms of home ice. But I think it's the mental game that you really should be focusing on. Coming up next, we're going to do a radio segment like they do on The Fan. Seriously, it's going to be awful. It's The Crowley Show. Napa know-how. 
time to start adding to your bucket list. No, not the skydiving meet your idol bucket list, the Napa bucket list. Because now when you buy a Napa bucket for $299, you'll get 20% off items you can fit inside. Minimum $50 purchase. So live a little and save a lot with the Napa bucket and 20% off. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Exclusions apply. Offer expires 4 Yeah, I don't even know if we can do bad radio like those guys. I think we can, because you know how like a bad actor to act bad needs to be a good actor? I think we're so good we can pull it off. Oh, man, that's some meta shiz right there, dude. ESPN Pittsburgh Traffic.